1: Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as three dollars a month. Just go to Patreon.com/CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. I do this podcast as well as Pucks and Cups and Canadian History X, and I do it all full time—the writing, the research, the editing, everything. So every dollar you give I'll keep it all going, and it goes straight to me. I'll make sure I thank you on the air and through my social media as well if you donate or become a patron. If you like, you can email me at craigatcanadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram and TikTok at bairdo37. You can also find weekly YouTube videos about Canada's history. Just go to youtube.com slash C slash Canadian History X, and remember that's E-H-X. And if you want, you can find about 700 articles about Canada's history on my website. Just go to CanadaEHX.com. From 1896 to 2004, a time of 108 years, the Liberal Party of Canada dominated Canadian politics. In that time, it produced eight prime ministers and eight official leaders chosen by the party. When Paul Martin retired, Bill Graham became interim leader, but the next official leader of the party would be Stéphane Dion, and the darkest chapter of the party's history would begin. Not since Edward Blake, who led the party in the 1880s, would an official leader of the party not become Prime Minister. While Stéphane Dion had a long career in Parliament, he would be remembered for his time as the leader of the party, running in the 2008 election against Stephen Harper. Today, I am looking at Dion and his life. Stéphane Dion was born on September 28, 1955 in Quebec City, the second of five children to Denise, a real estate agent from Paris, and Leon, who is an academic in the province. Raised in a modest home, he was often bullied because his family was secular, while the province was very much Roman Catholic. His family was highly involved in the Quiet Revolution in Quebec, and often had many prominent individuals over at their home, including future Premier of Quebec, Jacques Parizeau. Dion would say, quote, I would hide in a corner and try and make myself invisible so I could absorb, take it all in, quote. Dion would name his first pet, a turtle, Trotsky, and he would teach his parrot to repeat ideology. Dion began to follow a Marxist belief, often to go against his father. The family would sit for dinner every Sunday and Dion would try his political arguments against his father. And Dion would say, quote, My father reduced my arguments to nothing, but he would never hurt me or put me down. He would always save an honourable exit, a way out for me to save face. I haven't been as good at that as my father was. Dion would study political science at Laval, and it was there he would meet Jeanine Krieber, whom he would marry in 1986. Her father was a photographer from Austria who would come to Canada for a better life. Her mother was a journalist and would become a bureaucrat in the government. Jeanine would say, quote, I grew up in a non-traditional milieu. In my family, women all had careers. Louise Balthazar would teach Dion at university and would say of him, quote, He was very self-assured, almost cocky, I'd say. He had this typical French trait. They love arguing and debating. They think nothing of correcting you, even putting you down when they can. In 1977, Dion would earn his Bachelor of Arts degree, followed by his master's in 1979. By this point, he and Janine were dating, and they would travel to France to live for several years, followed by a brief stay in Washington. Dion would say of that time, quote, We spent four years piled up inside a micro-apartment, then another year in a hole infested with rats and cockroaches on Jefferson Avenue in Washington, penniless, living on pasta. We're solid. End quote. At the same time that Dion was in university, the separatist movement was rising in Quebec, and Dion would find himself attracted to it. Dion would state later, quote, I want to challenge my dad. The way to become an adult sometimes is to say the contrary to your father. Each evening I would try out a new argument I heard on the separatist network and my father was demolishing it. My father very quietly, very respectfully, was refuting me without insulting me. Eventually Dion would abandon the separatist cause and over time would become more committed to federalism which would shape his political leanings later in life. In 1986, following his marriage, Dion and his wife, Janine, would travel to Peru to adopt their only child. The couple had found out they were unable to have children, which led to their marriage as they felt it was important to adopt a child as a married couple. Dion would work as a teaching assistant at the University of Moncton in 1984, before going on to the Université de Montréal, where he would teach until 1996, with a specialization in public administration and organizational analysis and theory. Between 1987 and 1995, Dion would also publish several books on political science, public administration, and management. The Meech Lake Accord would prove to be a turning point for Dion, while for many in Quebec it led to the Bloc Québécois, the failure of the Accord would instead lead him the other way. Dion began to direct himself towards an analysis of Quebec nationalism, and he would prepare a presentation while he was a guest scholar at the Brookings Institution in Washington. He would later say, quote, I sat down at my computer at 11 o'clock and at noon I had a text that was so interesting that the Americans wanted to publish it. It was on that day that I realized I was truly a federalist. Quote.
2: I don't see the rationale to ask for massive decentralization of powers in, in this country. Powers became a kind of symbol of national reconciliation. This is a new phenomenon since uh, Meech Lake. Uh, and people want power, but which power? They don't care. 22 is more than 6. Mr. Bourassa created expectation and contributed to create a fire, and now he has all the difficulty of the world to stop this fire, even around his own
1: uh, advisers. Dion would become a key figure in criticizing the sovereignty movement, which brought him to the attention of Aline Chrétien, who in turn urged her husband to recruit him after the Quebec referendum. During the referendum, Dion would appear on television frequently, Becoming one of the few Quebec intellectuals who defended the Federalist position. Lucien Bouchard would say of him, quote, Mr. Dion is a small man. He doesn't exist for me. End quote. Dion would attack the Parti Quebecois while stating, quote, The PQ is well aware that they have no appeal among Quebec minorities. What they want to do is avoid creating a strong opposition, a potentially violent opposition. They want to convince the minorities of this province that, while they may not like the idea of Quebec independence, they should be prepared to live with it if the Francophone majority votes for it. Prime Minister Jean Chrétien would listen to his wife and he would appoint Dion as the Minister of Intergovernmental Affairs before he was even in Parliament. In the subsequent by-election, Dion ran in a safe liberal riding and was easily elected on March 25th, 1996. Dion would hold the riding for the rest of his political career. His father would tell him, quote, All kinds of people will want to define you in all kinds of ways and will not reflect yourself or your thoughts. You will forever be a mere politician for the true scholars and a mere scholar for the true politicians, end quote. His wife, Janine, would support him going into politics, stating, quote, We've done crazy things before and this could be fun, end quote. Dion would say, quote, We agreed that i go into politics for a time that it takes to solve a problem. Then we would revert to our chosen life, end quote. As it turned out, Dion would stay long after that problem had been solved. Dion was quickly tasked with a major project, and that was challenging the arguments of the Quebec sovereignty movement after the referendum had finished so closely with 50.58% voting not to leave Canada. On September 30th, 1996, Dion submitted three questions to the Supreme Court of Canada regarding secession of Quebec. These questions asked whether or not any legislature could separate under the Constitution of Canada whether international law allowed it, and would domestic or international law take precedence in Canada in the secession situation. Dion would publicly argue that if Canada were divisible, so too was Quebec, which meant that the province could not expect to keep all its territory if it left Canada. He recognized that Quebec had a right to independence, but not without first negotiating terms of separation with Canada. On August 20, 1998, the Supreme Court ruled that Quebec did not have the right to secede unilaterally under the Canadian or international law, but if Quebec residents wanted to secede, the federal government would have to enter into negotiations. In October 1999, Dion would organize and host the first international conference on federalism, in which Quebec's sovereignist leaders were invited to speak. President Bill Clinton would also speak, and he would echo the Supreme Court's decision. He would state, quote, Is there any abuse of human rights? Are minorities as well as majority rights respected? End quote. On December 13, 1999, Dion would present the Clarity Act to the House of Commons to establish conditions under which the Government of Canada could enter into negotiations that might lead to secession following a vote for it in a province.
0: Good evening. Members of Parliament began debating the controversial Clarity Bill today. It's the legislation the Chrétien government will use to set the rules for the next Quebec referendum. And it demands a clear majority on a clear question. But not everyone wanted the debate to begin, especially not members of the Bloc Québécois. As our chief political correspondent, Jason Moscovitz, reports, they tried to block it with a flurry of delaying tactics.
3: When the Minister of Intergovernmental Affairs stood up to kick off the debate over the Clarity Bill, the Liberals stood up and cheered to drown out shouts of dictator from the Bloc Québécois. Monsieur le Président, Stéphane Zion told the House the bill was necessary because the country must prepare itself for a possible yes vote.
2: A referendum on secession is not just an ordinary election. Voters will not have the opportunity to review their choice four years later.
3: Dion said clarity is what the country will need and he condemned the sovereignists, saying they like to sow confusion for their own ends.
2: C'est leur capacité à entretenir la confusion sur The
3: Bloc Quebecois leader Gilles Duceppe the bill is about a prime minister who is obsessed with belittling Quebec. As the rhetorical battle rages in parliament the fight for public opinion is also clearly underway. The Quebec government is running newspaper ads that invoke the memory of Robert Bourassa and his declaration that only Quebec can choose its own destiny. But the federal government believes Quebec public opinion is on its side. People are feeling fairly optimistic and secure about the future. Frank Graves is a pollster. His company, Ecos Research, works for many clients, including the federal government. Ecos polled 803 Quebecers between December the 1st and 12th. Although the federal government paid part of the cost, it was an independent survey. The poll suggests only 24% of Quebecers support Sovereignty Association. In 1995, a month after the referendum, 41% of Quebecers supported Sovereignty Association. Frank Graves says sovereignty is at its lowest point uh, in 20 years. Both sides have numbers like these which will probably explain what is going to be a very vigorous reaction on the part of uh, the Parti Quebecois, recognizing that their, their backs are up against the wall on this. Tomorrow in Quebec City, the government of Lucien Bouchard will table legislation spelling out how it thinks Quebecers should decide their own future. In Ottawa, debate on the clarity bill won't resume until February. In the meantime, both sides will continue to spend public money on advertising in their efforts to sway public opinion. Jason Moskowitz, CBC News, Ottawa.
1: The Act was passed on March 15, 2000 with the support of the Liberals and the Reform Party, as well as most members of the NDP. Dion's opposition to Quebec separatism would have the effect of lowering support in Quebec to separatism to as low as 24% by October 1999. The attacks over the Clarity Act were also aimed directly at Dion, and Bernard Landry, the leader of the Parti Quebecois, would call Dion the most hated politician in the history of Quebec. Dion would then gain a prominent role in the Crechean government during this time of the sponsorship scandal, which came about after the referendum as the government began to funnel pro-Canada material into the province of Quebec, but much of the money was being given in less than legitimate ways to various firms in the province. When the Commission of Inquiry into the Sponsorship Program and Advertising Activities, known as the Gomery Commission, began, Dion stated that he was aware of disproportionately large number of sponsorship funds going to Quebec by mid-2001, but that he was not involved directly in the administration of the program. Dion was on record of being critical of the program and felt it would not work to sway Quebecers away from separatism. Dion would be exonerated of all responsibility in the inquiry. In 2003, when Paul Martin became Prime Minister following the retirement of Chrétien, Dion was dropped from cabinet as Martin attempted to distance himself from Chrétien. This would only last for a time until after the 2004 election. On July twentieth, two 2004, Paul Martin appointed Dion as the Minister of the Environment. Dion would state that a new industrial revolution was beginning and that it would focus on environmentally sustainable technologies and products. In October 2005, after Canada signed the Kyoto Accord, Dion would nominate Alan Ami, an oil and gas executive, to head up the $1 billion clean fund. Dion would also decline to protect Sakinaw and Cultus sockeye salmon under the Species at Risk Act because it would, quote, cost the sockeye fishing industry $125 million in lost revenue in 2008, end quote. The decision, along with the appointment, would lead to the criticism of Dion from environmentalists. The government, during Dion's tenure as minister, did not make any major progress in reducing Canada's greenhouse gas emissions, and Dion's Project Green initiative was criticized for being timid and lacking any meaningful regulations. In February of 2006, the Liberals fell to the official opposition role for the first time since 1993, and Martin would resign as the leader of the party soon after. On April 7, 2006, Dion announced his candidacy for the leadership of the party, stating he would focus on social justice, economic prosperity, and environmental sustainability. Most of the media wrote Dion off as a lower-key candidate, with most focusing on Michael Ignatieff and Bob Ray. NDP leader Jack Layton would state of Dion, quote, A man of principle and conviction, and therefore almost certain not to be elected leader of the Liberal Party, end quote. As the leadership election approached, Dion gained support from several areas, including Muslim voters. Five Muslim Dion supporters in Calgary would state, We want the person that's best for Canada, so definitely for us that's Stéphane Dion, somebody we are behind 100%. End quote. On December 2nd, 2006, Dion finished third on the first ballot with only 17.8% of the vote. During his first speech, Dion's microphone was cut off suddenly, and many did not give him much of a chance of winning. On the second ballot, Gerard Kennedy put his support behind Dion, and by the third ballot, Dion held a lead of 37%. Bob Ray then backed out, and his delegation backed Dion. On the fourth ballot, Dion was elected with 54.7% of the vote, becoming the 11th leader of the Liberal Party of Canada.
2: The most exciting race in the history of our party is over, Let's get ready for the election! But first of all, thank you, Dominique. Thank you, Tanya. Thanks to the entire team who organized this wonderful convention in Montreal. If we were able to concentrate on the race as the candidates, it is thanks to you, and we thank you. Last night, some of you were left to wonder what else I was going to say in my speech. (laughs) It looks like you really wanted to hear the rest of what I have to say. (laughs) Ask John Turner, Jean Chrétien, and Paul Martin is one of the perks of leadership that they won't cut your microphone.
1: <laughs> one cabinet colleague would say of Dion, quote, is one interesting animal to watch, Dudley do right with a lust for the jugular, end quote. marjolina Ripo a Dion supporter, would say, quote, it's a dream come true, the little engine that could. Michael Ignatieff, the man many thought would win and the man I'm covering next week, stated quote, We have chosen a great leader. We have chosen a man of principle, a man of vision, a man of courage, a man of conviction, and he will have my entire support. End quote. Dion was seen as a unique leader for the party, especially after the millionaire Paul Martin and the seasoned politician of Jean Chrétien. Maclean's would write of him, quote, Stefan Dion is a rare bird, a high-profile individual who takes public transit or walks to appointments. Dion has a driver's license and owns a car, a battered looking all all-wheel-drive red Subaru Forester, but he seldom drives it, End quote. Another reason that Dion didn't drive much was that he was colorblind and could not see the difference between red and green lights. While Dion had the image of being a nerd for some, he was highly athletic, enjoying playing golf, skiing and hiking, as well as fishing. Dion would say, quote, Fishing is the only time when I am impatient. His wife Jeanine would say of him, quote, Stéphane is an original. He has an innovative mind. He will always surprise you and pop up where you expect him the least. That's what makes him interesting and so funny in his own way. End quote. Dion would inherit a party that was at its lowest point in its history, with resentment still in the party over the battle for leadership between Jean Chrétien and Paul Martin. Dion would say, quote, I am perfectly well prepared for that job. End quote. With Dion's election as leader, the Liberal Party surged in the polls. On December 8, 2006, a poll found 38% of Canadians would vote Liberal, while only 32% would vote Conservative. Unfortunately, that would be the high point for the Liberals and the Conservatives quickly regained their support soon after. In early 2007, Dion would lead his caucus to reject the 2007 Conservative budget, which led the Conservatives to launch a series of attack ads aimed at Dion, attacking him for his record as environmental minister and his leadership abilities. What kind of leader is Stéphane Dion?
2: Stéphane, we didn't get it done. Uh, my, we didn't get it done, and we have to get it done, and we have to understand. This is unfair. We didn't get it done. This is unfair. You don't know what to speak about. Do you think it's easy to make priorities? Leaders set priorities. Leaders get things done. Stefan Dion. Not a leader, not worth the risk.
0: Authorized by the registered agent for the Conservative Party of Canada.
1: On February 27th, 2007, Dion's Liberals, along with the NDP and Bloc Québécois, voted down the Harper government's proposal to extend the provisions in the Anti-Terrorism Act by another three years. These measures would have allowed the police to arrest and detain terror suspects for three days without warrant and allowed judges to force witnesses to testify in terror cases. As 2007 wore on, there would be an internal conflict in the party, especially after the Liberals lost badly in three Quebec by-elections, including one riding that had been held by the Liberals almost continuously since 1935. In January 2008, Dion and Nadia would travel to Afghanistan to visit a provincial reconstruction team. The visit was leaked to the public by a Conservative junior minister, and Dion heavily criticized the leak by the Conservatives stating they would have put him at risk in the country. On September 7, 2008, an election was called, and Dion was about to head into his first election as the leader of the party. Prior to the election, Dion had also agreed not to run a liberal in the riding of the Green Party leader, Elizabeth May, which was criticized by the Conservatives. As soon as the writ was dropped, Dion began to attack the Conservatives. It went back on Dion, though. With English as a second language, he had difficulty at one campaign stop answering a question by an English reporter, requiring Dion to ask three times for him to repeat the question. Mr.
0: Dion, thank you. Good of you to come again. Thank you, Steve. Mr. Dion, the economy is now the issue in the campaign. And on that issue, you've said uh, today that Mr. Harper has offered nothing to put Canadians' minds at ease and offers no vision for the country. We have to act now, you say. Doing nothing is not an option. If you were Prime Minister now, what would you have done about the economy and this crisis that Mr. Harper has not
2: done? If we'd have been the Prime Minister two and a half years ago, if you were the Prime Minister right now, and right had now. Been for the past okay time. now, If I'm elected next Tuesday, this Tuesday, it's what you're suggesting.
0: No, I, I'm saying if you hypothetically were Prime Minister today. Today? What would you have done that Mr. Harper...
2: I would start the 3050 50 plan that we want to start the moment that uh, we'll have a, a Liberal government. And the 3050 plan, uh, the 30, in fact the plan for the first 30 days, I should say, the plan for the first 30 days once you have a, a Liberal government, can we start
0: again? Do you want to? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. okay to start again.
2: Yeah. yeah. Because I not... because I think I've been slow to understand your question.
0: I don't I think sure. I don't...
2: I'm recording.
0: Thank you. Monsieur Dion, good of you to come again. Thank, Thank you, Steve. Mr. Dion, you've said today that Mr. Harper has offered uh, nothing to put Canadians' minds at ease during this financial crisis, and you go on to say that he has no vision for the country. You say we have to act now; doing nothing is not an option. So, I'd like to begin by asking you, if you were Prime Minister now. What would you have already done in this crisis that Mr. Harper hasn't done?
2: Again, I don't understand the question. Because uh, you asked me to be prime minister uh, uh, at which moment? Mm. Today or mm. since a week or since two weeks or? Six no, two if weeks.
0: if you were if you were the prime minister
2: during this time already, <laughs> we need to start again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, if I was the prime minister, starting when? Today? I if you appoint if the prime if minister if today? If you were the prime minister when since Harper's been prime minister? But yes, yeah, two years and a half. Ago. At any given time. Oh, two years ago. two years and a half ago between, between the time that
1: been there
2: to yeah but if i have been prime two years and a half ago we'd have had an agenda on, let's start again okay <laughs> we'll go there I'm rolling.
1: harper would attack this stating quote when you're running a trillion and a half dollar economy you don't get a chance to have do-overs over and over again what this incident actually indicates very clearly is Mr. Dion and the Liberal Party really don't know what they could do to the economy. I don't think this is a question of language at all. The question was very clear. It was asked repeatedly, end quote. Dion, who does have some hearing issues, would state that Harper had no class. He would state, quote, Maybe it's because I have a hearing problem. Maybe because English is my second language. But I did not understand the question, end quote. Gilles Duceppe, the leader of the Bloc Québécois, would attack Harper over it, stating that many English-speaking politicians have little to no ability to speak French. Of course, Duceppe would also attack Dion over it, stating, The real question is that I think Dion understood the question. The real problem wasn't the language, it was the substance. He had nothing to say. Jack Layton, the leader of the NDP, would defend Dion over it, stating he had struggled with questions too. Jean Chrétien and Paul Martin would also support Dion over the matter as well. Harper remained more popular than Dion in Canada, polling at 51% compared to 42% for Dion. During the election, Dion would put forward a policy called the Green Shift, which would create an eco-tax on carbon while reducing personal and corporate income taxes. Dion stated this would generate $15 billion in revenue. The plan was attacked by Harper who compared it to the national energy program that was created by the Liberal government in the 1970s. Layton would also criticize the program. The Liberals would be sued by Greenshift Incorporated for eight point five million over trademark infringement. Dion's wife Janine also stated she was being muzzled by the Liberals, although the party denied this, but some insiders had concerns that she would not stick to the party line and would take focus away from her husband. She would also refuse to introduce Dion at a women's event because she felt that the speech prepared for her was undignified. The election would not end well for the Liberals and Dion. They would lose eighteen seats to finish with seventy-seven but they would still remain in the official opposition, well ahead of the Bloc Québécois who finished third. With the election loss, Dion became the first Liberal opposition leader to fail to make a net gain in seats in his first election since Lester B. Pearson in 1958. Dion would state, If people are asking why, it's because I failed. After the election, there was talk of the Liberals and the NDP forming a coalition to bring down the Conservative government and take power in the House of Commons. Prime Minister Harper would state that he would do everything in his power to prevent this, and he would prorogue Parliament to prevent the government from falling. Dion would then air a rebuttal video that was out of focus and delivered late to the networks. For many, this was seen as a symptom of his leadership woes. Dion would then come under pressure to step down as leader, and on December 8th, he would announce he would resign the leadership as soon as the successor was found. Dion would state in a statement that he chose to resign due to changing political circumstances brought on by the new NDP-Liberal coalition. He would state, quote, There is a sense in the party, and certainly in the caucus, that given these new circumstances, the new leader needs to be in place before the House resumes. I agree. I recommend this course to my party and caucus. So, I have decided to step aside as leader of the Liberal Party, effective as soon as my successor is duly chosen. End quote. On December 10, 2008, Michael Ignatieff was chosen as the new leader. With that, Dion became the second permanent leader of the Liberal Party to not become Prime Minister since Edward Blake in 1887. When he retired, he became the shortest-serving non-interim leader of the Liberal Party since Confederation, having served for only 740 days, compared to the 855 days by Paul Martin, the next shortest. When Ignatieff named a shadow cabinet, Dion was not given a critical role in it, and for the next few years, Dion stayed out of the limelight. On October 25, 2009, a poll found that Ignatieff had a lower popularity than Dion in the party, and a month later, Janine Dion wrote a scathing letter on her Facebook page criticizing Ignatieff's ability to lead the party. After the disastrous 2011 election, when the Liberal Party fell to third place for the first time in its history, Dion was able to hold on to his seat, while nearly 40 other Liberal MPs lost theirs. He was one of just seven Liberal MPs re-elected in the province of Quebec. Interim leader Bob Ray would name Dion to be the Liberal critic for intergovernmental affairs. During the 2015 election, Dion mostly campaigned outside of his riding and he would help the Liberal Party have one of the biggest turnarounds in its history when the party surged to a huge majority under new leader Justin Trudeau. On November 4, 2015, Dion was appointed as the Minister of Foreign Affairs and as the chair of the Committee on Environment and Climate Change. As Foreign Affairs Minister, Dion would seek to get Canada re-engaged with the world with a focus on multilateralism, climate change, and the United Nations. He would also justify a $15 billion sale of light-armoured vehicles to Saudi Arabia because it protected Canadian jobs. On January 10, 2017, Dion was replaced as Minister of Foreign Affairs. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau would state that he asked Dion to take on a senior role in the government, Dion would say quote "I shall deploy my efforts outside of active politics politics is not the only way to serve one's country end quote Dion would soon retire from politics shortly after the cabinet shuffle in his farewell speech on January 31st 2017 he would state he had accepted the position of ambassador to the EU in Germany
2: I have accepted the prime Minister's offer to be Canada's senior diplomat to Europe yeah, yeah. accepted to be the proposed nominee as ambassador to both Germany and the European Union. In its own way, the European continent is facing the same challenges as us, ensuring that openness and inclusion triumphs over exclusion and xenophobia, ensuring a path to inclusive growth and demonstrating that free trade may be combined with workers' rights and respect for the environment. At this critical time, I will do my part to strengthen Canada's relationship with Europe. It will be be an honour to join the Canadian diplomatic corps. If during my 38 visits abroad last year, we were able to strengthen Canada's relationships with those countries, I owe it to the professionalism and excellence of our civil servants, diplomats and heads of mission. I am looking ahead with enthusiasm to be serving by their side. There will be one thing that I miss, elected office. Mr. Speaker, through you, to my dear colleagues, savor every minute that you hold the immense honor of being the elected representative of your riding. Each of you, in government and opposition, show yourself worthy of the great responsibility you carry as a representative of the Canadian people. Cherish our democracy, always work to improve it, and from time to time, rise above the adversity and find the time, at least over a soccer game with the pages, (laughs) to preserve the fraternity that unites us all.
1: He had turned down a job to be a guest professor at the University of Montreal and he would state quote, I almost said yes because in my eyes there is no better profession than that of a teacher. End quote. While he would become the ambassador to Germany, his position with the EU was downgraded to special envoy. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at Stéphane Dion. If you did, please leave a rating and review. Next week, we're looking at Michael Ignatieff. If you like, you can email me at You can find me on Twitter, my handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX, and you can donate to the podcast by going to -eh CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Katie Caldwell, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke Guess, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, Maclean's National Post, Wikipedia, Red Deer Advocate, Calgary Herald, Montreal Gazette, and the Edmonton Journal. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.